on a world spinning its way towards damnation amidst the fear and despair of a broken human race who's left to fight for what's good and pure. Handkerchief Dynasty. I'm, as always, your secret professor, joined by my good friend and the foremost cuneiform forgeries detector in Western Canada, the Pacific Northwest, the high priest of Oilers Magic. Good to see you, high priest. Been a little while. Not long enough. <laughs> uh, I'm going to open up a can of Pepsi. I mean, how often do we get to celebrate a like super meaningful end of regular season game against a playoff, uh, possible playoff opponent in which we can just stick the dagger directly in their hopes and dreams and experience nothing but the purest schadenfreude? Like the EU is going gonna, is gonna to designate this level of schadenfreude as like a, a special export with like designated regional status. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Vegas, uh, I've seen that game before. I was very familiar with the type of game Vegas Vegas played. Uh, that's a very, it's a game, a type of game that's dear to my heart. It's kind of a game where like they never show up and you're like waiting for a push that never comes. Mm. It's um, like a tortoise lying on its back, its belly baking in the hot sun. Yeah, it's something that I think the Oilers over the past like 25 years have like <laughs> oh, they've been almost perfected. They've almost perfected it. Oh, they've beyond the, perfected all the, it. All the spices. They've cornered the whole market. The thing is like a cartel run of one, right? I yeah. mean, it was, it was. So it was pretty sweet watching Vegas uh, try to create that recipe and succeed. And um, like, is Vegas even a lock? They're not even a lock. Nobody's a lock, right? To make it at this point still, like the West is pretty up in the air. It's gonna come right down to game 82. So I like the Oilers chances against either Vegas or the LA Kings. Both those teams to me, uh, pretty sucky teams. I mean, I like our chances against a lot of teams in the playoff picture right now. I think there's a lot of teams looking at the Oilers right now, looking at how well they're playing right now, how well the goaltending's been playing, the yeah. record the last 10. I mean, not a lot of teams are circling them being like, we're dying to play the Oilers right now. I mean, mm. knock on wood, we're still, we still got what, five, hand, five, six, handful of games here to go. But like, yeah. if they can keep this, this ethos rolling, yeah, it could be like, I mean, I don't want to say equivalent to the phalanxes of Alexander the Great marching across the known world. Yeah. But it could be effect there could be an effective hockey lineup being iced come come puck drop. No matter who we play yeah. against. Well, It'll be like LA this, though. Yeah, I like our chances again. I like their chances against LA or Vegas. But Colorado, Calgary? Scary. Mm, very scary. Very scary. Very scary. But whatever. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. That's super exciting. It feels uh, it feels good. It feels, although it, it feels good, it also feels like like this past two weeks have really just been like dragging on. And there's a constant in Edmonton right now, there's like it'll snow for a day and then melt. And then there's like two days of no snow and then it'll snow again. And it's been about like like minus it's been like two degrees and then you check your phone it's like two degrees feels like minus 12 so it's been like that for like two weeks mm. so i feel as though once the oilers are 
in the playoffs and the playoffs have started and the weather sort of sorts itself out, like um, the world would be a much better place. Everything this is a holding pattern. There's a bit of a holding pattern. Right? You've totally you've nailed it. You've, you've hit the nail so hard on the head that my ears are ringing. You're, it's, 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 it's really like that feeling of spring, not yet. Yeah, exactly. We're waiting for spring to drop. There's no um, spring in Edmonton. There's winter, winter light, and then directly into summer. There's yeah. no spring. So what are we no in right now? Are we are we transitioning from winter into winter light? Or no, we we're in smack light? in the middle of winter light. Winter yeah. light. Winter okay. light should end like when the first round starts, I think. Wow, that's so time. That's that timing is perfect. Otherwise, other than the fact that you're going to be inside watching hockey a whole bunch, I mean, if you as long yeah. as you go outside during the day and get some sun, sunshine, sunshine, you're going to get more IU's of vitamin D on like that first day of real summer than yeah. you've had in like five or six months. It's oh, you crazy. can watch. You can also. I'm going to be watch, tripping balls off the vitamin D once the sun comes. You out. can also watch hockey outside as well. It's very possible. Modern technology has. It's the great advancement in modern technology, the, the greatest of all advancements is the relative ease with which one can watch television outside. It's really the pinnacle of Western civilization. Quote I, honestly, I honestly think it is. Yeah, it's I not Charlie Kirk, I'll tell you that much. That's not the pinnacle at all. Um, I do wanna to talk to you about the game a little bit more though, before we move on from it. Um, because like that first goal, that Russell goal, I posted yeah. on Twitter a little while ago, the look on DeBoer's face, cause like, the Cassian play, I mean, does it show that he literally has absolutely zero confidence in his ability to score himself? Mm, or no, I don't are think you a little so. more forgiving of that? Because yeah, I am. I don't think he had much, I don't think he had uh, much of a shot there. He was a little bit kind of like the puck was sort of in his heels. It only looked that way because he wasn't looking at the net, though. Nah, man. He I he has confidence. If he had a shot, he would have taken it. He was I don't know he knew he had the goalie out of position and he, I mean, what are we going to goad Zach Cassian here? Is that what we're going to do? I mean, for, I believe it was the game winning goal too. This is the thing. If, if, do you think here's, here's another question for you on it though. If a goal had not been scored on that play. Yeah. Do you think the masses would have come out in droves Frankenstein style to like drive him out of the environment. Yeah, probably they would have, but like they who cares? I, I mean, with, there was no way the Oilers weren't going to win that game. They were all over Vegas. Can I just that compliment you? Yeah, can I compliment you? They would have, but who cares is the exact right answer to the my yeah, question. Thank you so exactly. much. Yeah. Speaking right? of uh, speaking of who cares, there was a, a bit of a controversy. I mean, a uh, tempest in a teapot style controversy over Yessi Pugliarvi being a little bit snake bitten, but still huh. having really good fancy stats. Or do we just yeah. need to accept the streakiness of certain, you know, middle six players on your team as just a fact of life? You know, Yamamoto had a really, really great 15 game stretch, hasn't had a point in like six games, but like he's still totally helping yeah, the team. Both you those know? guys are contributing to the team in exactly. massive ways. How many turnovers did Yessi cause in that game? It was nonstop, right? Nonstop. He's constantly. He's a huge body. No one can handle. I mean, he's yeah. he's uh, he's snake bit. It happens. But to get, get the, the turnovers is a really great point. Like, can you imagine? Like, if you were holding, it doesn't even have to be a hockey puck, but like something of commensurate size and yeah. weight. If I was just on the street and like Yessi Pulleyarvi started walking towards me, even briskly, I would yeah. immediately drop that object. Like, I'm, oh, I, I bet you players. Course. 
just like their coaches are telling are telling them like what are you doing just get give me the puck as soon as PRV comes towards you what's probably just like i don't know it's like there's this primal like unseen force just telling me to let it go because like i'm too scared of yesi Pugliarvi. he's a yeah. little bit of a scary guy he's the bison king well he's just so massive it's a massive amount of human to deal with yeah. and the whole like the way i mean let's call it out here he's getting dragged primarily by mark specter and it's so like i don't get it i really really don't get it specs does a lot of crazy shit but this Pooley RV thing has been like, he'll like say, you know, the Oilers played a great game, da 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 They beat the other team, da 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 And then it'll be like, yes, the Pooley RV continues to struggle, dropping great A chance. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you even like, what, what, first of all, like, you know, no. Secondly, like, what's, do you feel as though this is like something you have, like, when the team is playing well, does a sports journalist feel the need to also like do that? Like to have a, like, someone to lambast? Maybe there's like a maybe there's like a checkbox that says is that someone like the, to lambast the, in spite of like huge winning streaks or journalism? I'm not sure. I think there's I mean playing devil's advocate here for the sake of good radio, I'm gonna say, you know, I could see some people being frustrated with the lack of finish on certain plays and like shot accuracy. Yeah, but the team is like, but at the same time. It's not baseball. It's a team game, right? Yeah. It's not like yeah. he's going up to the plate and striking out. Like it's not, you can't, when the team is playing well, I don't think there's any point to hone in on one guy and be like, yeah, but this guy sucks. Like it doesn't make any sense. And yeah, we do it do all that. the time. I was just doing it with Cassie and 10 minutes ago. It's like, yeah. it's like, it, we, it's the thing we shouldn't do. No. We but really that we, but that everyone, really, there's like a real conundrum. Yeah. You know, because nobody, nobody, everyone knows they shouldn't be doing it. They shouldn't be calling out individual hockey players, you know? It's kind of like that. Although I don't think that Mark Spector feels like guilt and shame immediately after. I mean, he's had a long career. I think he feels pretty ensconced. He's got kind of like a little bit of a vibe of like a tenured professor who's like, I don't give a shit. I can do what I want. I mean. Yeah, I guess so. I also think it's pretty like weak. Like whenever I see it, I'm like, come on. To be honest, I haven't even, I haven't even been really, I haven't read Spectre in a few days. So I don't even, I can't even really comment on the takes. Neither I'm sure sure it's been blown completely out of proportion by the fucking sewing circle on Twitter. It's like, it's crazy. Yeah. They get like the the slightest little taste of like a smell of the possibility of red meat. And it turns into a fucking, like, like you chummed the waters or something. Are people still, I haven't been on Twitter, I took Easter off, but are people still dragging Mike Smith like crazy? Or is that kind of quieting down? I mean, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you. I mean, you know, earlier on in the season, we said he's like the fairy godmother who mysteriously disappeared in chapter one. And we're all just waiting. Like, when the fuck is the fairy godmother going to come back into the story? Like, she seemed nice. She was like the only helpful character for our two protagonists through this entire tale. Yeah. And I'm, I'm beginning to wonder... If something went on at the Wizards Guild, maybe the necromancers were involved. I'm not going to talk about the sacred scrolls, but like the dude has basically pulled his season save percentage up to 910, which is fucking well, insane. Also, it's completely batshit crazy, bro. The, the team is playing a lot better in front of him, too. You know, absolutely. Like a lot of the shots are perimeter shots. They're just the team is playing a lot better in front of him. 
I don't I mean, know. Vegas, Vegas handling has been on Vegas, full display lately too. His puck handling has been great. Pretty much, his, he's made like what, like three bloops the entire time. He's, yeah. The way people talk about his puck handling, it's like that's been fine this whole year. So, I think really. Yeah, he's made like like maybe five the whole time he's been with us like five plays that have um resulted in a goal like a direct result of mishandling the puck which is what every goalie in the league has done but the plus side of it is he's like he's like that pass to mcdavid in that one game oh it's like it like career like best types crazy shit yeah yeah so i don't know uh yeah he's playing really well our goaltending is their goaltending is is, uh is very hot right now that being said i still uh i was talking to a friend of mine about the other day and if the oilers do go on a deep run i can't remember a team with a platoon uh, goaltending system but that's not not only a platoon but like a, a platoon that's just like a giant question mark right like a platoon that like everyone is just like ah right and calling still basically there's like there's a large faction calling for Skinner to still be here right like nobody even who's, who's a lot of people like we don't with Mike Smith playing as well as he is like what do we need Skinner Skinner's, Skinner's here next year I know but we both well I guarantee you there is I saw some still. guy on Twitter today being like oh Caleb Jones Ethan Bear would be playing so good under Woodcroft right oh, now I it's like dude too. dude like, like what are you talking we about? broke up six months ago get with the now what am I going to do with a gun rack? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Shut exactly. the fuck up. Totally. So, but all that being said, like there's still, um, if they were to go deep, I don't remember a team with as like as weird a goaltending setup as the Oilers have going no, into the playoffs and succeeding. But I mean, they also have the two greatest players in the face of the earth and a team that's, really come together over the last little bit so and like it'll be interesting you really I, continue, have it, yeah. I continue to not know what is going on with this team like it's been a, a real mystery from totally but i'm fine with mystery i love mysteries one of well, my it's, 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 it's kind of like a mystery box it's like a gashapon from japan yeah, you right. know you like a yeah. giant like thing i mean but you really got to credit i really like what you said about the team effort <laughs> and uh excuse me because you also have to credit the coaching staff. I mean, the record under the current coaching staff is a maze. This whole 11 and 7 thing is also kind of breaking my brain. Like, I'm trying to remember a team playing 11 and 7 even this much. Like, it's such a rare thing to see. And we've seen yeah. so much of it. Yeah. Like, when was, do you remember? I mean, do you really remember it happening no. once in the last like 15 years? I mean, really? I would never, that's not something that I would ever like notice or like if somebody like, explained it sure to me. Things change because like, of injuries once in a while, but like coming understand. out of the gate 11 and seven, because they're yeah, such magical numbers. Like if Pythagoras was here, what, what do you think Pythagoras would say about 11 and seven? He'd be like, I have no idea. Finally, I, he'd say, finally, someone fucking gets it. I've been waiting millennia. If Pythagoras was here, I would quietly back out of the room and hope he didn't, wasn't like, hey, hey. Because the flatulence, oh, just the flatulence, and just uh, it's I'd be out of my depth. I'd be even more out of my depth if Pythagoras was here. Yeah, but the trick is, you just when you're in one of those situations, like the same thing, you meet a celebrity. Denzel Washington walks into the room. Oh, you just fine. say, you just say, oh, hey, Denzel, so great to see you again. Because they meet so many people, they just they're not going to remember. They're going to assume 
you saw them at the other at the Vanity Fair ball or whatever, you know. So if you're a Pythagoras, you could just be like, "Hey, yeah, I saw you at the at the Josie and the Pussycats premiere. Remember?" No, Pythagoras wouldn't be there. Denzel would. That's the difference. Pythagoras yeah, would right. not be at the Josie and the Pussycats premiere. Um, it's so crazy though to have like the 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 team running eleven seven to have like the coaching staff kind of vibe right now. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, because the weird thing is, Jay Woodcroft has this very bizarre and bewitching, beguiling and seductive combination of both total confidence. And he just and also he just seems like the world's most kind, kind of like composed together person. He never throws his players under the bus. He corrects himself when he when he says the wrong word. He's very measured. Mm -hmm. He almost seems like he's got this almost like hypnotic, like professional kind of demeanor. But he also seems like Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know? Yeah, I, I, I still deep down, haven't, that's what I see. I, I can't, uh, I mean, I think he's a great coach, but I still don't quite understand uh, like well, why or how he's become somebody that men respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, wow. I'd hate to be head coach of the Emerson Oilers, Jay Woodcroft, right now, throwing some shade. Throwing no, it's some not really shade. shade. <laughs> I mean, he, he just doesn't have the typical. I mean, here's what I'm saying, right? He's 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 it's he's you walking look the at a style. guy, you look at a guy like the coach of the Minnesota Wild, like Dean Ebson, and you're like, okay, well, this man could obviously be nothing but a head coach, right? Okay, and possibly yeah. possibly a cannibal. You look at a guy like Jay Woodcroft and you think to yourself, okay, there's about a million things this guy could be. This guy could be um, the cashier at the grocery store that I don't go to. He could be a lawyer or like a administrator for sure. Yeah. You know who else? You know who else has the cashier at the grocery store? You know who else has the same line I don't go to? You know what I mean? <laughs> like just you know, based on my eye test, be like, okay, don't go to that guy's line. Like okay, but do you know who else has that exact same category of look? Two-time Stanley Cup winning NHL head coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Mr. John Cooper, who oh, gave up no, a prestigious no. uh, legal no, no, profession. No. Disagree. Disagree. John Cooper is a man who on site you would follow over the, uh, what's it called? Out of the... Uh, once more over the once more into the breach yeah you follow him over the you breach. follow, you follow I, him to the gates of hell is where yes, you follow exactly him. Yeah. jay woodcroft i want to follow that guy anywhere i would expect to be followed by that guy right i would not he's expect he's, he's coaching the team so well though. i know i'm saying he's a good coach all i'm saying is i can't he's a mystery to me he's part of i don't really understand i know i know the problem you don't know the cut of his jib yet is what you're saying yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're trying I to get a you're trying to get a read on his jib. Okay, well, hey, uh, fans out there, maybe help us. Can you add us at handkerchief dy one at high priest oil? Let us know what you think, how you would define or characterize head coach Jay Woodcross jib. I I'm saying Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary get Ross. His jib's not good. His jib's jib great. Is, no, no, his jib's well, no, he's good. his jib is like uh, it, he's he's a head coach, right? So it's like not the same as as how other jibs are measured. GM has a little bit of it as well. Like the head coach, they have to maintain 
like a certain grip on the situation. They're like doing, they're doing like verbal jujitsu out there every day. Yeah, you know, for sure. So they're rolling you around on the floor and they're being like, no, well, I'm not going to throw any individual at the player of the bus. Yeah. We all have to play better. And I think our breakouts need to improve. Yeah, no, he's a very good they, coach. You know, until you tap out. He's a very good coach. Over. But he's a I, mystery, Jimmy. But you, I think that, did you hear what Mike Smith said about him at last post game? No, no, what did he say? They're like, how would you, what do you think about, what would you say about Jay Woodcroft? And he's just like, details. And then he like talked about how he's, he's super into the details and he preaches them and like goes on about them. Wasn't he like a video coach for Scotty Bowman? I like that's how he some, started. Yeah, something like crazy. that. So you can imagine like. Well, and then an assistant with, with Coach Toad McClellan. Yeah, well, totally who cares a good about coach. that? Whatever, man. He's he's a super successful. Look what he's done with LA this year. Oh, you know who else is super successful? Uh, Scotty Bowman, right? Well, that's true. Like head coach during the Montreal Canadiens dynasty of the 1970s. Pretty impressive. There's a lot you could probably soak up from that guy. Like anybody who spent time coaching with Scotty Bowman, like what you must have, I don't know. That's crazy. I don't think there's a lot of guys. Maybe there are. I don't know. But there, I bet you there's not that many guys coaching right now in the nhl head coaches you know you know who i'd who, like to see get a chance worked, behind the bench who've worked with the ultimate master scotty bowman the right. master it's, of masters it's like when people draw the lineage from bruce lee to like the various other teachers i see where you're going yeah exactly. totally you know who i'd like to see get a chance behind an nhl bench i think they would look great tell me what you think of this two words natalie portman oh yeah i can see that i think that would work really well what about uh, mick what about mick jagger Mitch uh, co- coaching the Habs. Uh, Come on. <laughs> I don't think they need the help is the thing. If they were, if they're like, if I was ever worried about Habs fans giving up on them, I'd be like, yeah, let's go for it. I'm also not a big stones guy. No, no. I which mean, I was thinking actually, recently, I actually, guy. but I, but I do need to actually rectify that. Cause there's a lot of stones I haven't listened to, which is. Oh, stones are great. Yeah. Great. If I'm in the right if I'm in the right mood, I will argue that they're better than the Beatles. If I'm in the right mood, I feel the same way about the Kinks. Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Um, Beatles are kind of quitters. If I'm in the right mood. Well, no, they're just they're they're so perfect. They're like they're like perfect marble statues sent from heaven. I yeah. saw this one funny clip. It was like you know because everyone's throwing clips from Get Back on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. There's this one moment where like John takes something out of his pocket. And then he like looks at the camera and realizes he's being recorded. And he's like, "Oh shit!" He like puts it back in his back. <laughs> that's the one thing. That's the you know, because they were getting pretty drugged up, which not a lot of porcelain statues from heaven do. Um, no, no, but back do. to the Oilers. I mean, I really think the big story, the big news, the big text on the marquee is Mike Smith is playing fucking amazing. Team in front of him is playing amazing too. Yeah. Jay Woodcroft has these guys playing for him and they're playing for each other. We've got more forward depth than we've had in a while. Our defense is going to be good enough to get us there. We can improve yeah. that in the offseason, maybe. And it's like all systems go. The, the, the liminal state of being stuck in between, that liminal state of being on the threshold of the playoffs starting, on the yeah. threshold of going from winter light into yeah. summer yeah. is very, very tough. Like, for example, it's in Vancouver. I know I, I'm not allowed to complain about Vancouver weather, but this whole week just fucking rain, just back yeah, to the whaling vessel. After having a little bit of sunshine with like really bracing, kind of punch you in the face wind. Yeah. But still, the sunshine was really welcome. And then it's like, 
I'm really glad we're recording tonight because like I would have I think I would have just jumped off a bridge otherwise there's so much fucking rain in my future yeah just walking uphill in the rain it's supposed to snow tomorrow here 100 chance 100 chance it's always amazing so when the meteorologists go with 100 chance it's Fortune extremely, the bold extremely depressing when they do that like there's no talking <laughs> about it it's like well it's, it might not though right now like no no 100 percent it's going to snow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Friend. It's going to snow. You ever see that one video where it's like the, the machine fucked up. So all the temperatures were like 5,000. Oh, yeah, that. That's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think that's the temperature steel belts at. So uh, everyone there's gone. Yeah. Um, but you're right. This it's like this little like a two week stretch. It's also allergy season. So it's like everything sort of like it's like waiting for Christmas to, to finally arrive. Yeah, but it's it's like much worse than that. It's like every day, it's almost like every day is like the exact same, right? Like it's a weird thing where you're, it's and it's something that as Oilers fans, we're pretty unfamiliar with, where you're you're in the playoffs, but there's still like these these like nine games that you have to finish. Totally. And it just takes like a freaking eternity to finish these games. Yeah. But you just like, and like you don't even, it's not that you don't care, but like you just want it to be over. You just really <laughs> want this all to be over. Totally. So but you, also, like that, you also want them to like keep playing well season. right up to the very end. Like yeah. I'm almost watching now just to make sure that they don't discombobulate or whatever, you know, which I don't think they're going to, but. Uh, no, I don't think so. You're, you're totally right. It's weird because, you know, like this, the waves of stress have dissipated to some extent. And then at the same time, it's like, well, especially after this Vegas game, there's not a lot of position, not, not a lot to be played for positionally, you know? Yeah. It's like kind of, it's like being the, the fifth person trying to reach into a minivan. Like you're not going to be comfortable no matter what. Yeah, there's right. no, so, no point in like fighting for it now. So Mike Smith is getting the start. Uh, we don't, did they play tomorrow or? Yeah, they play manana. Yeah. Against Dallas? Correct. So, and then does that mean Miko plays against Colorado? Like, when's Miko? Oh, no, they play Wednesday against Dallas. Sorry, tomorrow's okay, Wednesday. Yeah, that's what I tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah. So, so like, what's going on? Like, when does Miko get back in there? Like, I mean, is this, what's going on? I got a theory, you know, really, and it comes down to one of the reasons why you don't want to have Miko in the net, and it's more than just you know, as a team game, the players having more confidence, more more joie de vivre in their stuff when Mike Smith is there. I, There's also true. I don't. Really, I think it's. I, I think it's 100 true. true. I think it's demonstrably true. I think I Pythagoras know. would agree with me if he were here, and we sure would we would excommunicate you from the Canaeformic traditions. Miko's been playing. Miko's been playing. Miko's been playing too. fine. He's been playing, He's been playing well. Great. He's not as good as Mike Smith. Well. Well, no. Mike Smith, I mean, he hasn't posted back-to-back shutouts, but like he's has, been has, has, has Miko well. had a shutout this year? Yeah, he shut out. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He also put up that game against Florida on this run. He's been playing very well. Didn't he let in like five goals his last start, though? Against Minnesota? Minnesota yeah. When the team like didn't show up and they were completely like... I know, but it's still five goals, bro. 
So like, oh, come on, I'm not going to hang that on Miko. No I'm not. Way. No, this is the thing though. It's a team game, so you're not going to hang it on Miko. I'm, I'm saying this is what I wanted to get to. This is what I really wanted to say. I think the real problem with Miko is the op the opposition team has more confidence in their shots and are potentially shooting more and shooting with more confidence because it's Miko. Yeah, maybe. And and because it's not a goalie that they're like a non-Miko goalie that might make them question taking, you know, you know what I mean? Cause like the psychology of I that, the psychology so. of like, you know what, like, let's just fucking fire yeah. it yeah, glove yeah. side because, you know, because like, it means they're trying shots probably more often too. Yeah. But Miko's been playing great, except for that game against Minnesota where the whole team laid a giant egg and like, didn't do for sure. Right, for sure. Right. And also Mike Smith has an injury that, I mean, we're kidding ourselves. If, Every time Mike Smith gets up and waggles his leg back and forth, has he been like, waggling? I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I thought there was course. less waggling lately. No, 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 no. Did the, did the level him, of wag? You haven't seen him been doing uh, that. I mean, maybe I've been looking away because I'm too scared yeah, to look. You've been looking away, right? So, um, by the same measure that you're saying, the opposition is going to shoot more on Miko. The opposition also knows that Mike Smith is playing on like a leg and a half, right? Sure. So. I don't know. Once the playoffs come, man, uh, yeah. I, expect, I expect his health to be tested. Well, like, this is the crazy thing, right? So, I mean, really, like, if you look at their last five games, do you want to go five games back with each? Or do you want to go back further? Yeah, five games, sure. Okay, so for Miko against Minnesota, he was .783. Yeah, right? the team played like crap, though. Team played like crap versus Colorado, 9.71. Yeah, against versus Colorado. Versus LA, 9.2, 9.27. Yeah, amazing. Against Arizona, 9.69. Woo! Okay, so yeah. three fantastic games, right? And then versus Calgary, 0.583. The worst that Calgary of the worst game. Five. Yeah, but that Calgary Again. game, they both played garbage, but, garbage yeah. in that game. Both of them. They yeah, both true. stunk up the place. And the team was playing no defense that game. None. They was like sure. a basketball game. Okay, so let's do Mike Smith now. Okay, so we know the last two games, 100-100, right? Yeah, both shutouts. Yeah. So pretty good. Versus LA, 9-3-9. Versus San Jose, 9-6-9. And yeah. versus Anaheim, 9-6-9. Yeah, so they're both playing great. Well, yeah, but uh, but between those five games, one play, one goaltender had, had a 58% save percentage in one game and a 78 in another and the other guy was lights out yeah, the whole all five mike smith also played that calgary game and he sucked just as much as miko right what sure. fans have to quit um no it's like wait, the way one goes the way the, the other goes no i know i know but i still think mike smith gets the call and i still think he's going to be getting the bulk of the starts and i think given the way things look right now it might look different after 82 games but the way things look right now i think it's that's the smart decision is kenny holland like vindicated in the goaltending at all you think right now a little bit i mean assuming i don't i don't think the true vindication will come until the year is done I and mean, even then mike, there might not be any vindication coming kenny's way either if mike smith stays healthy i mean that's what i was saying this is completely uncharted waters right it's there's yeah they a, might play them like two 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 and three or something crazy there's multiple outcomes to what the goaltending could look like in the playoffs and like i have no idea like it, it's not like you're going into the playoffs with a starting goalie and a backup like most teams do you're going into the playoffs with a tandem 
the one goalie that's like not 100%. Mike Smith's not 100%. There's no way. Uh, and goalies whose games have fallen completely off the side of the earth numerous times throughout the season, right? So I've, there's no way I would say Ken Holland is going to get it. He still didn't get a goalie. Mike yeah. Smith's game turned around, and so did Miko's, and the team is playing better. Totally. But uh, we will have to wait and see because I think that one way or another, the Oilers' goaltending is going to be the story of their um, their time in the playoffs. All right, let's go five games back on top of that too, okay? So the five previous games, Miko versus Dallas, 8-5-2 versus New Jersey, 8-9-3, Detroit, 8-5-7, and Tampa Bay, 9-6-9. Yeah. Okay. Five games before that for Mike Smith versus St. Louis, 8-6-1. Yeah. Versus Calgary, 8-4-6. Versus San yeah. Jose. He probably played half that game in Calgary. Versus San Jose, 9-3-3. And versus Colorado, 9-0-3. So, you know, he's still got to give the edge to Mike Smith there. Barely, though. Barely. But plus, plus the puck moving, though. That's so nice. It's such a nice thing. Because no other team really has that. No. I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And in the playoffs, too. And teams do it now as well. They force Mike Smith to play the puck. And Mike mm. Smith. Yeah, um, he's like he's like Jack Nicholson gift. Bring it on. Yeah, yeah. Give me the puck. Because we'll they want him to fuck it up, yeah, which exactly. he has done in the past at times. But in again, this year, his. Yeah. He did it in the Hawks and it, against the Hawks, and it cost him. It, any other appearance he may have made in that series, right? In game one. Yeah. They should just give him like a $5,000 fine whenever that happens. That'll clear the yeah. problem right up. Like, we'll like, get like NHL player safety involved. Goaltending is still very much, I mean, if it stays hot, it's great. But uh, I think the Oilers goaltending and what they do with it will be the story of the playoffs. Like if Mike Smith stays this hot in the playoffs, that's the story of the playoffs for the Oilers is totally. how Mike Smith came together. If he drops the ball and gets real stinky, then the story of the playoffs is the Oilers didn't get a goalie and they had paying for it. Right. Yeah. And then they go to the situation where like Nico starting, who knows what's going to happen. You know, the really but, crazy thing, because if that, if that happens, welcome to Mike Smith being the starter for next year too, going into age 41. Cause he's still yeah. got that other year. I mean, again, we're if women will see, the, these next like little bit of these next couple of weeks are totally going to be total hell. You should just go outside. If it snows tonight, you should go outside and just in the nude, just reaching out into the heavens. And then hopefully they'll, you'll free, you'll freeze for yeah. like the seven to 10 days you need to, to get over the hump. Yeah. I'm going to have to do something similar. Yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a long ass week. I've been kind of subsisting on a basketball playoffs, but like, uh, I don't really, Yeah, I mean, basketball's fine, but I had no, you know, I don't really care that much. Yeah, no, I hear you there. It's going to be a long week. Yeah, man. Anyway, let's uh, start the wind down procedures. Yeah, for I'm, sure. Uh, very sleepy. Yeah, you should get, you should just get going. Um, everyone, thanks for uh, listening. Please remember to add us on Twitter. And let us know what you think uh, Jay Woodcroft's hard to define a certain je ne sais quoi of a jib is because you know we're we're jib experts here we believe in jib um any final words for uh our fans for our brothers or sisters our non-human relatives no no just uh hunker down these seven days will be over very like uh eventually 
and then um, playoffs time. Then it's like Pepsi's, Doritos, uh, four more games of, uh, you know, playoff games with people in the stands. Yeah. It's going to be incredible. I recommend uh, having a nice piece of fish, which will help you sleep, and then just sleep as much as you can until the playoffs start. But remember, you know, you need to learn to pace yourself. You're just like everybody else. You've only had to run so far, so good, if you catch my drift. Because the pressure's coming, boy. The pressure is coming. Catch you soon, bro. uh, I'll throw this up, and uh, I'll let you know. Have a nice night. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.